1: Wait, what are we doing? I don't know. Just listen. Yes, 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 yes. Welcome, welcome, welcome. What a do, what a do. Ladies and gentlemen, you're tuning to the Up and Up podcast on the Up and Up Network. I'm your host, Rubino.
2: And I'm DJ Earn, man.
1: What's up, boss? How you doing?
2: I'm good, man. How are you, man?
1: I'm good, man. Blessed and refreshed.
2: Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. I yeah. see you. I see you, man. Yeah. You see me? Yeah. I'm glowing. That was the game.
1: Oh, yeah. The Lakers, shout out to the <laughs> Lakers, man. Yeah. Nah, th- we won both games, so. That's what I'm talking about. Yeah. But now I'm feeling good, man. And this is your first time tuning in, welcome to the show. As I stated, this is the Up and Up podcast. This is the podcast where we're focused on cultivating culture, right? Yep. We do that by providing amazing stories of individuals, groups, movements, right? The hustlers, the shakers, Mm -hmm. um, people who are taking up space, breaking Mm -hmm. down barriers, right? Yep. Um, Not only for all of us here, but for the next generation, right? Yeah. We got to put it down so they can pick it up, right? Always. Always, man. Um, and if, like I said, if this is your first time tuning in, and welcome to the family and to the consistent supporters, viewers, listeners. We call them family, obviously. Mm-hmm. Shout out to y'all. We love y'all. Salute to y'all. Always. Right? We'll yeah. keep rocking. <laughs> um, yeah, man. I'm feeling good. Shout out to the team, obviously. He, I think he was kind of looking at me like, yo, you ain't going to shout me out, you know? <laughs> <laughs> Shout out to the team. They always bring the energy, right? Yeah. Um, now, um, you know you know how we get down, man. I'm super excited because, again, like I said, we're always honored to bring people up here who can speak power to their journeys, right? Definitely. And I feel like that's kind of what we hold space for. Um, and today's guest is someone uh, who I would say has truly uh, became a master of her own destiny. Um, and in doing so, she's found herself now paving the way for the next generation to come along. Um, and do it for themselves, right? Mm -hmm. Um, She's definitely a true culture cultivator who's keeping everything she's doing on the up and up, right? Mm -hmm. Um, She's a seasoned and successful CEO, business coach, um, entrepreneurship strategist with over seven years of experience in scaling multiple companies, um, breaking barriers in her own right, right? Um, I would say definitely a community builder and an uplifting voice. Um, And what's most amazing is um, as a result of her success, she's now positioned herself to be able to kind of build – up and pay it forward for the next generation teaching and guiding right yeah. i think a lot of people are able to accomplish a lot but i think um what's most important is what do you do with what you have accomplished and how do you pay it forward and she's definitely a true testament to that mm-hmm. we're super honored to have her in the building today so without further ado let's just get straight to it our guest is none other than everyone's business bestie yeah keisha credit can we <laughs> get a round of applause man i'm so happy to be here
3: how are you doing how are you doing you know Good, I'm good. I'm good. I'm glad to be here on this evening. It's not raining, so mm-hmm. God it's bless. good. Yeah.
1: Yeah, thank God it's not raining. Shh. The yeah. sun kind of yeah. teasing though a little bit. For real. Still cold outside. For real. Yeah. yeah. Well, it's an honor and a pleasure to have you.
3: Yeah, thanks for having me, you guys. It's yeah. this is great.
1: Mm. Definitely. Yeah, well, um I don't know if you're familiar, we always start every episode with the quote of the day. Um something to get the vibe right, get the combo started. Yeah. So brother man, Erm, what you got for yes, us, man? Yes, sir.
2: All right. So the quote of the day today is the more you praise and celebrate your life, the more there is in life to celebrate. Mm.
3: Mm, I love that. That's
1: deep. I like that one.
3: Yeah.
1: I like that one. Yeah. Who's that quote by?
2: Oprah.
3: Ooh. I know, that's
0: right. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> that sounds
1: like something Oprah would say. Yep. <laughs> yeah. Right, right. You know. no, that's real.
3: How much money do you have to have to become quotable? You mm. know?
1: <sighs> that's another question. That's a good question. That's like, a great question.
3: <laughs> like where it's like your quotes <laughs> are included yeah. in yeah. the great quotes.
2: Man. That's, that's a, a great question. question, for real. Matter of fact, we'll,
1: like, we'll pose that question to the audience as well. Yeah. Just shoot us a DM like, if you if you know the answer.
3: Go Google that. <laughs> that. That's real. Like, what makes you quotable? You know, mm, yeah. it's like you know, because blue checks are kind of out since yeah, you can just know, buy one right. now. Yeah, yeah. You know, so it's like, no, nah, I'm quotable. Ooh, ooh. <laughs> that's that's, the, a, that's yeah. the new thing. That's yep. a real.
1: one. That's when I know I made it.
3: That's yeah,
0: legacy, yeah. right? Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's
1: that's crazy. That's a good quote, though. I think I think it does speak to um kind of giving yourself a pat on the back along the yeah. way. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. I think that's a consistent theme on this show. We've had people come up here and talk about um, they have a hard time giving themselves their own flowers and that whole thing. So yeah. that's a yeah. good quote. Keeps yeah. the
2: uh, momentum going, mm-hmm. I feel like, too, as well. So. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah.
1: Keep things in perspective. Mm-hmm. Um, now, Keisha, obviously, as I mentioned earlier, we are focused on people's journeys and how the tr- the roads they've traveled. And for you, you know, you've definitely traveled a, ro- a road and a journey thus far. Um, I'm sure it's been full of ups and downs, lefts and rights, and all that. Oh, yeah. Um. But I, I, I'm curious, how would you describe kind of the current chapter you're in at uh, this very moment? Like, where where are you at right now?
3: The I, current chapter, I would say, um, my current chapter is. Grounded Mm -hmm. Um, You know I think I spent I'm 32 now I spent pretty much all of my 20s Grinding Mm 24-7 I pretty much Was building companies Living the dream Going hard Um, And now you know I'm pregnant So I can't go as hard as Mm -hmm. I'd like to Mm -hmm. Sometimes And you have to settle into saying Okay this is the season that I'm in You know you gotta kind of just let your flowers bloom Mm -hmm. This last season Was crazy renovating my house Mm -hmm. and all the generational shifts and stuff. Mm -hmm. So, this is just a season of you know, reaping the rewards, yeah, uh, taking it easy, Mm -hmm. taking it slow, really letting God lead because you know, my body is doing whatever God wants it to do anyways. (laughs) So I'm kind of just like, you know, it's just a season of being present Mm. and I'm really enjoying that where I'm not pushing, I'm not forcing, Um, you know, if something doesn't feel natural, I'm not going to do it. uh Um, and just saying no to things and, mm-hmm. and, you know, not having to be so in the hustle all the time. And I think I was so used to that. Like, there's still moments when I'm like, oh, my gosh, I'm not doing enough, you know, X, yeah. Y and Z. Yeah. And I'm grateful for the people around me to be like, girl, you're growing a baby. Like, what else <laughs> What else do you need to <laughs> yeah. be doing? Yeah. You know, that's true. if there's days when that's all you can accomplish, yeah. like, OK. Yeah. Um, and, you know, I'm grateful that I have created such a foundation for myself where I'm able to say, OK, I need to slow down yeah. this this is that season of mm-hmm. just, you know, I guess internalizing the process yeah. and being grateful for how far things have come and yeah. all the stuff. So that's kind of where I'm at now. I, I love
1: it. Yeah. I love it. I love the way you started with saying grounded. Yeah. Yeah, because that's, that's powerful. And I think it's always missing think that that and that it's not it's not bigged up enough Mm you know what I mean yeah like you said the hustle is always like it's a hustle culture and and
3: you know and I think if you're going to promote hustle you also have to promote rest and Mm -hmm. we don't do that Mm -hmm. you know we stop at the hustle and we're like oh you know you're grinding I see you and it's like you're resting I see you yeah because it's harder to rest than it is the hustle like honestly and now there's a difference between rest and being lazy Mm -hmm. you know sometimes if you If you're not used to hustle, you think rest is laziness. Mm -hmm. And I had to tell myself, like, you're not being lazy because you're resting. You're Mm -hmm. not being lazy because you're resting. And, you know, just saying it's okay if you accomplish one little thing today. Mm -hmm. And I realized that my to-do list is always so long. I'm always thinking so far ahead that every day I'm like, okay, if I do this, I'm a closer step to this, this, and that. But, look, sometimes just the one thing, you know. Yeah. yeah. Yeah.
1: We need reminders that we're human. Oh, right yeah, sure. <laughs> definitely got to recharge yeah, yeah. For sure, I yeah I love that yeah.
2: yeah that's what's up that's a definitely a great space to be in by the way yeah but, um I also wanted to take it back and talk about um like your upbringing where you grew up how you grew up just everything around influences
3: yeah so, yeah, yeah so I grew up in on. Seattle mm-hmm. I'm from the CD mm-hmm. um I let me see. I went to Leschi, then Lowell, then Washington, then Garfield, then dub, then dub again. <laughs> um, so I've literally been in Seattle forever. Mm-hmm. Um And I love it here. Every time that I think I'm going to leave, something is like, nope, this is where you're meant to (laughs) be at. Um, Even now, you know, I'm back in my family home. So I just renovated my generational home. Mm -hmm. So I'm like, this is where I took my first steps. Now I'm taking out the trash. (laughs) Now I'm paying the bills. Like, this is just crazy. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, um, I I grew up here and my Seattle's everything to me. Mm. I love it. I love how I've planted seeds here Mm -hmm. and watching them grow within different people, Mm -hmm. different spaces, different communities, um, being able to be in a space so long that you've seen it change. Yeah,
4: true. <laughs> you know, true.
3: I have seen uh, the CD go from don't you walk down this street to get home <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> all the way to like little kids be knocking on my door. And I'll be like, who are these children? Like, <laughs> what? Yeah. Um, you like know, day real. it really, yeah. it really, really is. So, you know, my my family, my grandpa was, you know, really the one that was kind of always on me about being different and, you know, being OK to be. Be different,
4: mm-hmm.
3: um, you know, in in elementary school, very early, it was the "I'm bored" narrative, mm-hmm. which ended up being you're actually gifted. You just need to go to a different school. Mm-hmm. So I've been an AP since second grade. So oh, wow. I've always been like, you know, just a high achieving brain. Like mm-hmm. that's yeah. just the way that I think about stuff. So. Mm-hmm. I'm very grateful that, um, you know, my family saw that and mm-hmm. they didn't say, OK, well, we need to put her in, you know, special ed class where she has a special teacher. And They're like, no, I think she just knows this stuff yeah, yeah, <laughs> already. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so that really gave me a leg up and an opportunity to be like, oh, this is a whole different world. You know, mm-hmm. I went from a school that was very diverse to like there was five black kids in the whole school Mm. um, and they still confused us, which I'm just like, really? (laughs) 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 Like, come on. Um, But you know, those, those bonds are lifelong. Like some of those kids I grew up with, we still kick it. You Mm. know, Mm. we go crabbing in the summer, we go camping together and you know, it's just, it's a good experience, but, it's also the other side where, you know, I've got my homies that were from where I grew up and, you know, we still hang out and yeah. they're still my close friends and all this stuff. So I have a very well-rounded network mm. of individual and personality yeah. types and people That's important to too. really have different perspectives and different stories, you know, and mine's kind of crosses both lines, you know, yeah. knowing how to navigate in different spaces. Mm-hmm. And I wouldn't say code switching because it's not necessarily code switching when you're in different environments, you're just adapt to different things yeah. Yeah. um and you're being exposed to different things mm-hmm. and in different situations different environments you got to be ready for different things yeah if I'm hanging with my family I got to be ready for the jokes and the snaps because they come with yeah, it yeah. True. you know but if I try to do that with some of my other friends they might cry
1: yeah. <laughs> <You> know, so, <laughs> it's like reading the room yeah. before reading the room was a thing yeah. exactly <laughs> yeah, For
3: sure. exactly so yeah so I'm from Seattle and you know I'll probably be here who knows how much longer, but probably a while. Yeah.
1: Well, it's definitely shaped you. It it shows, you know. Um, Part of kind of uh, what stuck out to me when you said you were kind of high achieving early on, um, I did read that when you were in high school, you did have the opportunity to intern while being in high school Mm -hmm. uh, for Microsoft. Um, And and you could touch on that, but I'm also curious, like, how was the social life along with the internship when Mm -hmm. maybe a lot of friends weren't Doing stuff yeah. like that at that age. <laughs> so <laughs> You know what I mean? It
3: is so funny because, <laughs> so the crazy thing is, is that it was all about the dollar. <laughs> yep. Like, let me yeah, tell you. Yeah. So in high school, I did Running Start, which is a program where you can go to, you know, community college mm-hmm. and take your classes and then mm-hmm. you graduate with your AA. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, okay, I'm in my counselor's office. And I'm like, I mean, you mean I could get what? College credits? They're free. I go where? I don't have to be here. Yep. You mean I, could, I get to go be with some older dudes? Literally, that's what <laughs> yeah, I was yep, thinking. Yep. <laughs> I'm like, what? I like this. And then they're like, yeah, you know, so if you just have class until 11 o'clock, you know, boom, boom, boom. I'm like, oh, I could go get a job and then I could still make it to cheer practice I'm like this seemed like this might be a little move Mm -hmm. and what age was this again this is like 14 15 okay Okay. yep. because this is when you know you first get your permit you got your car Mm -hmm. and my grandpa was like look I'll get you a car but I'm not paying no insurance no gas you gotta figure it out yeah so I'm like okay I need to do something but I was a very active cheerleader dancer so I'm like I had to be at practice every single day Mm -hmm. so Taking Advantage of Run and Start gave me the opportunity to get a job. Mm. And there's a flyer up in the room. And I always talk about how you have to be aware of your surroundings. Because a lot of times opportunities are in front of us, but they don't promote them to us. Mm. And there was just this little flyer talking about Microsoft interns. And I'm like, hmm. That sounds interesting. Let me see. And I was 14 and a half at the time, and I was making $50 an hour at Microsoft. What? To the point where I – so then I switched up my school schedule. (laughs) Because now (laughs) they were like, oh, you know, as as often as you want to come into Microsoft, you can do that. So I'm like, okay, how do I really maximize this? Like, what do I do? So I switched my my school schedule. So I was starting at, like, 730 in the morning, going Mm. to Central. I would be done by, like, 10 o'clock. I'm taking the 545. we five. going to do these hours. Yep, yep. And then I'm going to come back, you know, and do whatever I needed to do and kick it with my friends and stuff after school. Wow. So then it came time for the summer internship and all this type of stuff. So I did the summer internships at Microsoft. And the funny thing is the second year, I actually got denied for the internship and I responded to the denial letter and I said, I think you guys have made a mistake. <laughs> I, was like, I think I'm a very eligible candidate yeah. for this opportunity. And yeah. I looked back at those emails and I was like, yo, you were so arrogant yeah, in your teenage years. That, that's, why, yeah. that's why I
1: asked how old you were, because I just think back to I maybe so when young. I was like that age, it's like, what like? Yes, you're just trying to hang out, have fun, and be young. Nah, you I was. I it. wanted that back. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you no, know, I see that.
3: And and so yes, yeah, so I was like, you know what? I think that you know you guys should reconsider this and they're like well what do you think about having the challenge of running the high school intern program mm. i was like i don't know what that means but i mean sign yep. me up yep. you know yep. so then i ended up being the manager that year and like coordinating all of our events mm. and all types of stuff so it was crazy to be like making that amount of money in yeah, high school man. um it definitely was challenging for like my parentals because they couldn't really challenge me on much because yeah. i'm like you ain't paying for nothing i don't need you to pay for nothing <laughs> yeah. like like you can't really, yeah. you know. So so it, it started very young, but just taking advantage of opportunities that I seen and yeah. just saying, okay, I could do that. How yeah. do we make this work? You no, that's know?
1: that's amazing. Because I, when I read that, I was just thinking like, um, it's beneficial in that aspect. But then I, I'm I was just curious like the social aspect because yeah. like you know like at that age, it's like maybe it's hard to relate. Like, mm-hmm. could your friends relate to you when you're like, yo, I'm about to go to the office? And I
3: mean, like, <laughs> I I think. I don't remember any I was always like weird. Like you could you could ask anybody that know that knew me, yeah, that's known me for years, and they'll be like, Keisha's weird. <laughs> she's just weird. <laughs> Meaning that I'm always just like I'm down to like do the random stuff. Yeah, you're doing you know? Your own thing. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So it's kinda like it wasn't weird. It was just that's Keisha, that's Keisha. She's doing whatever yeah, she's doing yeah. now, you know. That's tough. Um, but it, I mean, shoot. I was helping them with class. Yep. I'm doing pass packets so my friends could graduate. Yeah. I'm like, "Why don't y'all get this? This is basic boom, boom, boom. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like what's up? So I think the social aspect wasn't really a challenge. um I think being in a corporate environment that young was mm. amazing for mm. like helping me understand how serious you need to take life mm. and how serious you need to take the world and opportunities because mm. I'm seeing grown people. You know, you got to get up. You got to be on time. Here's what you do in a meeting. Here's how you act in a meeting. Mm-hmm. So I'm really getting to take in yeah. all of those mature aspects of how to be an adult, really. Mm, yeah. And not even just an adult. Like, we're talking Microsoft making flip phones. Yeah. Like, at that time, adult. So it was like I was on a team where we were working on um, the sidekick. Mm. before, like, smartphones were a thing. So we were under, like, NDA, you Mm. know, and it was the wing because, you Mm -hmm. know, Microsoft made the wing and then T-Mobile, whatever, whatever. So this is, like, tech battle, like, original stuff. So there was so much responsibility, but I think it was beautiful to be taken seriously by my peers Mm. who were adults. Mm -hmm. Twice, three times, five times my age. And they're like, nah, that's Keisha. She's the intern, but she's on her stuff, Mm -hmm. so you know, mm-hmm. it's taken as it is. So I think socially it wasn't, it wasn't too much. I mean, what could you say? If if you yeah. said something, you was hating. I was yeah. like, Psh, yeah. you know how much money I'm making? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like, what what you gonna say? You working at Starbucks. Yeah. Like, come on. Yeah. So I, it wasn't, it wasn't too much.
1: Definitely. I I mean, yeah. it definitely planting seeds for sure.
3: Mm-hmm. 100%. Yeah, for sure. Did you,
2: um, man, cause I mean, you said he was like 14 and a half, 15, you know? Yeah. So like, I know, Man, probably when I was that young, I probably would have felt a little bit intimidated, like, walking into Microsoft. But did you have, like, anything, like, with that? Did you ever feel, like, imposter syndrome? Oh, yeah, all the time.
3: All the time. I think it was, you know, just trying to figure out. Who am I? How do I fit in here? Yeah. Not just because of my age, yeah. because mm-hmm. of my color, because yeah. I'm a woman, <laughs> you yeah. know.
4: Yeah.
3: Um, I remember starting, and they pair you up with mentors. Mm-hmm. And my mentor was like, okay, you need to go shop at White House Black Market. I'm like, what is that? Like, what type of store is that? I go to mom, I'm like, these clothes is ugly. <laughs> I am not wearing this stuff. But I get what she was trying to say. You know, yeah. she's like, this is how you show up. So, I mean, you know, people are going to challenge you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Whatever. Yeah. But I honestly, being a Garfield cheerleader, the challenges at Microsoft wasn't nothing. It yeah. was when we played Franklin and Rainier Beach that you better be on your stuff. <laughs> yeah, so yeah. to be honest, go it was it. like, yeah, yeah, it was yeah, kind of like, it. I mean, what you... Y'all can't really say much at work. Like, it was whatever. But imposter syndrome is definitely a thing because, you know, I remember walking the hallways and feeling like you need to go to the Microsoft library, which nobody really goes to the Microsoft Mm -hmm. library like that. But they have a great library. Mm -hmm. And being like, you need to learn how to code. I don't know shit about coding. (laughs) I am not. That's not my lane, (laughs) like, at all. But feeling like I needed to in order to feel worthy to be there. And it's like, no, that's not the box that you needed to fit in. Mm. Um, So there was Definitely like those types yeah. of tech things. Mm-hmm. But I think a lot of people in tech probably feel the push to be like, you gotta be more techy yeah. than you already are to be yeah. in tech. Mm. Yeah. But yeah. shit, whatever.
0: Yeah.
1: No, that's that's a hell of an experience. Um and that's that was only in high school. Mm-hmm. Um let's let's talk about kind of UW. Um I feel like everybody's cause experience is different for multiple reasons, but what was that period like for you to go yeah. through that?
3: Yeah, so I went to UW because it was free. <laughs> That's, <literally, laughs> That's what, Look, back to, yeah, yeah. <laughs> back to the
0: bag Back to the
3: bag I wanted to go to HBCU Like, I was Howard And I applied to, you know, all the schools That I wanted to I mean, in AP it was different because we didn't even study for our SATs Like, I didn't know people took, like, classes And stuff for mm-hmm. that It was just part of our, like, curriculum, like, it's yeah. SAT time that we going to take like the Wassel. you know, you yep. take the SAT. So yep. whatever. Yep. So I got into all my schools. My boyfriend was older than me at the time. So I'm like, I want to go where he goes. My grandpa vetoed that real quick. <laughs> He's like, you don't need to do that. Um, I got into Howard, but they were playing with the money. HBCUs don't be trying to really toss that coin. You mm. Dub called, and they're like, oh, we want to offer you a, a position in the honors program. I was like, I don't want to be in honors in college. I don't know why I said no to that, yeah. but that did not appease me at all. But then they said, we're going to give you a full ride. I said, okay, whatever. I'm still going to Howard, though. Yeah. My grandpa's looking at the letter. He's like... No, it looked like you going to Utah. Like and this, is where it looked like you going.
1: Like, it don't add up. Yeah.
0: yeah, and the
3: and the cool thing was is that they were paying five years of my education, which this is one of the biggest things that I didn't take advantage of mm. because I did run a start. I had my AA, so I went into undergrad at literally seventeen as a junior. Mm. So I could have stayed, got my master's, probably my PhD, and mm. it would have been paid for. Mm. Damn. But I was my plan was like, I'm in and I'm out because I'm going to Microsoft and making this money like it's time mm-hmm. to go. Yeah. So I was planning to do two years at u and then dip.
4: Mm-hmm.
3: Now, what happened was, remember, I'm 17. Yeah. I'm in college. I want to go to HBCU. UW don't have a lot of black men. <laughs> so I'm in my like, you know, I start school early, whatever. So I'm in class. I'm in this math class. And I'm like, dang. Now, that time, I mean, it was, I was like, flat iron. You got to be fresh. You got to be dipped. I'm at Garfield. You know, we (laughs) dress. Like, that's where we was at. (laughs) So, you know, you got to be edges laid, hair done, nails done, rings popping, all the stuff, you know. Now, I go to college. I'm head wrapped. I'm chilling. I'm like, I do not want to be here, whatever. Let me tell you. This is what made me stay at school. And I tell this story, my boyfriend knows, so it's not like this is a crazy thing. And walks these athletes. And I said, my God. <laughs> I said, what is this? I said, these are some real men. I said, oh, my God. I remember texting my girls and being like, ladies, there's some shit going on down here at dub that I ain't never seen before. What's up? And so I said, you know what? I think I could do this. I think I could stay here. That's why I say to you, Wow,
0: <laughs> legit,
3: legit. That is why I say to you, Because I said, "Wow, that is something tantalizing and interesting." Yeah, we we can do this. I
1: love that. that's that's real though. You yeah, know what I mean? it wasn't yeah. no, it yeah. was
3: not the free ride. It was not the education. <laughs> it was not the caliber. Of co- no, yeah. it was the athletes. And but that's <laughs> that that, that's funny
1: because we we when we talk about college, especially on the show with guests, it's like it's kind of also just letting those know like you know there's so much more to Mm -hmm. the college experience than just academics it's like it's the friends you meet right it's the people you see now thing and experience overall so Mm -hmm. you know what I mean you got to factor all those things in yeah. You do
3: because yeah, yeah, yeah. it's such a trying time in life because you're mm. growing in so many ways mm-hmm. and, you know, you're meeting, you're really meeting people that are going to be lifelong friends, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. and figuring out who you are and what type of clubs you want to be involved yeah. in and managing your own schedule yep. and, you know, all that type of stuff. So it's definitely a interesting transitional time. Yeah.
1: No, definitely. hundred percent
2: I feel yeah. like, yeah, like I feel like you just learn a lot about yourself. You learn how to just. Be independent in a way too. Like mm-hmm. just kinda like take care of yourself. You kinda figure out who you are at the time, you know. So yep. Yep. Yeah.
4: Yeah, yeah. No, yeah. What a time. What a time to be alive. <laughs> it was.
1: Man. Um now, um, you mentioned about how um you were you were kind of fast tracking to, to go back to Microsoft after college. Mm-hmm. Um, which you did. Um, can you talk about kind of like what it was like coming back now? Um, not a high school student, not an intern, but really yeah. to be um An actual employee.
3: Yeah. So in college, I got really involved in like activism and um, I became black student commission director. Mm -hmm. And my mission as black student commission director was actually to merge the athletic side of school and the black population of scholars because it was like two different worlds. Mm. And I'm like, okay, this world's popping, this world's popping, but they don't ever, you know, cross paths. Like we got to figure this out. So I started throwing parties on campus and all that type of stuff. And I said, there's so much you can do with just... Is creating opportunities and spaces for people to meet each other. Mm-hmm. So I think when I so I graduated, I was 20. I was 20 when I graduated and I went to Ghana. So we were the first like study abroad that had went to Africa. Mm-hmm. So it was pretty much like they chose all the black leaders on campus and you know leaders of color and it was like 25 of us on a plane went to Africa. it was lit for like mm-hmm. a month.
4: Mm-hmm.
3: So I'm like, okay, this is it. My mentor texts me before I left and she's like, what, what you about to do? Like, didn't you just, you about to graduate? Like, what's your plan? I said, I have a job at Enterprise rent a Car because I did. I said I went to Enterprise Rent-A-Car. They have a management program. And every time I watch uh, Step Brothers, I laugh about this yeah, because yeah, yeah. they joke about this in Step Brothers. <laughs> they do. But they do have a bomb-ass management <laughs> program at Enterprise
1: Rent-A-Car. Nah, it's not for the movie. It's not scripted. It's, <laughs> it's real. not. They <laughs> really
3: do. Um, and I was excited about it. It was going to be a great opportunity. I was going to love it. And she was like, Girl, I don't even see your application come in. I said, I did not apply. I'm not doing that. I don't want to come back there because mm-hmm. I wanted to just do something different. Mm-hmm. So she's like, girl, just send me a resume. Like, I'm tired of your shit. Like, what's yeah. up? So I'm like, okay. So I sent it to my mentor and I got moved through to the next rounds. And I'm like, okay, all right, okay. Now let me take this serious. Because Microsoft interviews, you have to study. Mm-hmm. You have to be prepared. Like, mm-hmm. it's not just you just go in there. Mm-hmm. So I'm in Africa and I had just had my like first rounds. I don't remember if I already had accepted before I went to Africa or not. But Africa almost tainted me going to Microsoft, Mm. um, because I loved it so much. And Mm. I was like, I'm never going to get this type of culture anywhere Mm. in America, let alone the field that I'm about to go into.
4: Um,
3: but again, my grandpa vetoed that (laughs) he was like, (laughs) get your black ass back to the States. (laughs) Like, I don't know what again, what you doing? Um, so I came back and I went to Microsoft and I had my 21st birthday, like my second week of work. Nobody knew it was my 21st birthday. Mm. I'm at work, like, at my office, looking out, like this is lit, but this sucks. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, this sucks to turn 21 and nobody care, yeah, you know? Yeah. So my boss came in. He's like, oh, you know, how you doing? I'm like, it's my birthday. And he's like, oh, how old you turn?" I'm like, 21. He's like, what? And you came to work? I'm like, I just started here. I'm not about to be taking time off. Like, yeah. what, you know? So he let me have the day off. I went to hang with my friends or whatever. And I was at Microsoft, I think, for three years mm-hmm. before I officially was like, I don't like this. Mm, yeah. And what made me... I guess, start to not enjoy the experience was consistently being told that I wasn't good enough to do what I was there to do mm. and realizing and seeing very blatantly that this is not a me thing. This is a systems thing. Mm. If I'm seeing changes that need to be implemented and it takes six months to update a website, but our biggest competitors are able to do it in real time. Mm. We are always behind. So mm. our change management system is the reason why I can't be proficient at my job. Mm-hmm. And instead of them understanding that it was a me thing. yeah. So I think I was, at that time, I was 23. Mm. Went into my performance review. And that morning, and I had started to listen to Joe Osteen on the way to work. Okay. Cause I really needed to be filled with the spirit. Cause I was like, this place is crazy. Yeah. I did just, it was a lot. So it's performance review time and we had just had shift of managers and all this kind of stuff. And I go on the meeting and I was like, you know, I think I'm gonna quit my job today. And I was sitting at my cubicle, I was like, girl, you just bought a house. What? And I went into my meeting, and she flips over a paper, and it's review time, so we're getting our bonuses. Now, bonuses at Microsoft ain't no joke. Mm-hmm. You know, some people get bonuses that be 50 grand mm-hmm. and up. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I'm, I'm expecting at least 10 bands. I'm yeah. like, yeah. I need to see a couple coins in yeah. <laughs> this <Yeah>. paper. <laughs> she flips this paper over. It says Zero. I said, <laughs> now, ma'am, <laughs> wait, <laughs> what's going on here? Right. And she's like, well, you know, this year the team had to recalibrate. So we're going to bullshit. Yeah. I said, you know what? We don't even really got to finish this meeting because I think I'm pretty much done here. Yeah. She's looking at me like now this is when she pissed me off and I knew it was time to go because she started to try to mother me. Mm. She started to be like, you know, if you were my daughter, here's what I say. I'm not. Yep. I'm not. And she's like, you know, I would hate for my daughter to give up on an opportunity like this because of what? Listen, that's your child.
1: Yeah.
3: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. That's what you would do with your child. It could
1: be solved if you just changed.
3: Listen, listen. I'm like, you didn't think about that. You weren't thinking of me as your child when you gave me this, this, you know, review. And my review was good, but the bonus was bad. And I'm like, no, I'm not doing that. Mm -hmm. So I ended up resigning literally that day. Mm. and I was done. And then I started making wigs and I went to my grandpa's house and sat on the porch. We'll never forget this day. Like literally it was crazy. Cause I was shaking. I was like, Oh my God. I'm about to tell him I quit my job.
1: Yeah.
3: We're sitting on the porch and I was like, yeah, I think I'm done. He's like, well, what does that mean? And I was like, like I'm done. Like I'm out. And he's like, well, what you going to do? I was like, I don't know, <laughs> but I'm not <laughs> about to do this. Yeah. And he was like, well, you know, I think you can do it. He's like, I think you have done some crazy things and Mm -hmm. I think you'll be all right. Mm -hmm. And I remember getting in my car and being like, all right, this is the next step. Yeah. Whatever. Yeah. And I started making wigs. I got on social media and that was the beginning of my social media journey and figuring out how to market your own company. And I mean, 10 years later, I mean, entrepreneurship has been... The vibe, so it was just that that those instincts of mm. like understanding where you're not meant to be anymore. That's that's mm. such a
1: powerful. Thank you for sharing that right. uh, yeah. and the way you did because I think a lot of people can relate to that. Mm. And I and I I used to always hear people talking about like, oh, I want to quit my job, um, and or or they want to go into business for themselves, they want to go into mm. entrepreneurship, um because they want to quit their job mm-hmm. and not because they believe they can actually succeed in business, right? But just because they just don't want to be there. And i like, those right. are two separate things. They really are. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um. So for you, like, were there seeds planted early while you were at Microsoft to like look into entrepreneurship, even though it wasn't like I, I wanted to quit right away, but like, were you planting seeds on that?
3: I, I don't think so. Looking back, I made my first wig because I wanted to, in Africa, I really wanted to grow my hair out. Mm. We had these final projects where literally some of our classmates cut their hair off as like a patronage to the motherland. Mm -hmm. So I'm like, I ain't about to cut my hair off, but... Power to the people. Mm. And at Microsoft, I was like, no, I do want to go short and I want to go Angela Davis fro. Mm. And I was scared because I knew that with my job being so client facing, I didn't know how that would be perceived. Mm. So I remember being at the hair shop and being like, well, how do I grow my hair and keep it natural, but not put heat on it? Like, what am I going to do? She's like, you could wear a wig. And this is my, my stylist at the time, Candace, rest in peace. She's passed away now. She's like, you could wear a wig. I said, girl, I'm not wearing no wig. I'm in my early 20s. Like, girl, yeah. I don't know. What you talking about? She's like, you could probably figure out how to make this. Mm. And that's all she said. And I said, people make them. I'm like, wait a minute.
4: Light bulb. Literally, I was just like,
3: what? And she's like, yeah, you, you know, it's hair and it's a net. And I was like, you damn right. It yep. is just. And so I'm like, OK, I go home. I start researching. I look stuff up. I go to the hair store and I'm like, I'm going to try this. I made my first wig and I went to my sorority meeting. And my line sisters were like, girl, your hair is late. like, what is like, what? Yeah. And I was like, oh, yeah, I'm just making wigs now. And so my line sisters were my first clients. Okay. We did like a little stupid little photo shoot at home. The wigs are probably terrible, but whatever. Yeah. They were my first paying clients. Mm-hmm. And then some of my other sorority members became paying clients. So I was just kind of doing it as a side hustle yeah. for probably not that long, maybe six to nine months okay. before I quit my job. Okay. So I had kind of seen that I could make some money but I had no idea like how much
1: Yeah how big it could be I
3: did not like you know a lot of times people are like oh you know before you quit you need to make sure you have this much saved up and all that I didn't do any of that. Mm-hmm. Like you know I still had mortgage, car note, all the stuff. Mm-hmm. Um and I was super young, remember mm-hmm. like Oh, this is another joke that I did, too. That that scholarship <laughs> from UW. <laughs> so it paid for me to live on campus. Yep. Instead of living on campus, I saved my scholarship checks. And that's how I was able to buy my house at 21 because I pretty much put most of my scholarship money to the side. Got it. So I literally had invested in this property. And I was like, okay, you got to be a little bit smart. Mm-hmm but I wasn't I just quit um and I'm like I think for me the risk of that is what pushed me because mm-hmm. if I had had the comfort to be like I'm a travel for a couple of months yeah. and I'm a whoop 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 yeah. I don't I probably would have just looked for another job yeah but instead I was like no you got to make stuff happen next month yep. like right now yeah. so that's when I said okay you got to get more customers yeah you got to figure out how much does this really cost to make and then really your business model and mm-hmm. so that's how my business really grew because it was I mean I had to mm-hmm. you know i had mm-hmm. to get my bills paid yeah and then social media just was like a whole world Yeah. and i was like whoa this is just it was crazy so yeah. i never looked back
1: i love that damn i love i for just real. love that like it's the epitome of betting on yourself mm-hmm. even even though there's so much uncertainty ahead yeah you know what i mean yeah and i think that's literally the missing piece for a lot of people mm-hmm. yeah
3: because I mean? it's scary yeah. it is very scary yeah so
2: like, what were some of the lessons you learned just like jumping into the business? Kind of like, you're just like, man, I got to make this happen. You know yeah. What
3: I mean? uh, lessons I learned have contracts, mm-hmm. make sure people are all on the same page. Mm-hmm. And that's whether that means having. You know, policies and procedures, whether that means having agreements, whether that means having contracts, whatever the case may be, mm-hmm. making sure all parties involved are on the same page. Yeah. So that's where we ended up crafting like our own unique ordering system mm-hmm. so that, um, you know, no details were left Untold and that the product that we delivered, everyone was going to be happy with because client satisfaction is definitely going to lead to more retention Mm -hmm. and less BS, Mm -hmm. you know, because it's the BS that will make you hate entrepreneurship. Mm. The clients that are, and I'm dealing in women's hair and black women's hair Mm -hmm. on top of that. So Mm -hmm. it's very specific, it's very internal. It's Mm -hmm. not just about a look, it's about a feeling. Mm -hmm. And so there was just a lot that went into that. So I would definitely say, you know, make sure everybody's on the same page, being very specific learning how to hire people and when to let people go and understanding who is a good fit for your team and who's not. Mm -hmm. Um, And also how to have fun, you know, and how to really like maximize being a business and, you know, those business perks that you get and Mm -hmm. all of that type of stuff, because the grind is going to be there. Like you, the grind, I mean, I turned my garage into like our workshop Yep and it's just down the stairs yeah. you know i'm i'm in my house but i would be so tired i put like a like a little bed thing in the garage cuz mm-hmm. i'm like i'm sleeping here like yeah. i'm not going to my room like i'm yeah. sleeping here i'm yep. taking shifts and i'm yep. grinding it back out yep. you know and just being willing to do what it takes mm-hmm. because and no i want to say no mm-hmm you know, cause clients will push you. Mm-hmm. They'll be like, I don't care if it's Christmas. I'll pay you double. While that sounds great. You know, I need this time. I need to go be with my family. Yeah. So there was so many lessons that yeah. I learned, you know, having boundaries and yeah. mm-hmm. saying, nah, I'm not doing this. This is what we do. This is what we don't do yeah. and all that type of stuff. Yeah. And always learning. Yeah. You got to always be always learning. learning. Yeah. Yeah.
1: No, that's, that's so amazing. And, um, I feel like you're the best person to probably touch on this because for me, I feel like the term entrepreneur is just like, it's like any other industry where people are just fascinated, but it's really (laughs) just a title. It is. And to this day, I really don't know what it truly is defined as. Right. Yeah. Because you hear entrepreneurship, but really if you pull that curtain back, it's all that stuff you were just talking about. Mm -hmm. It's sleeping in my garage. It's doing all these things, dealing with the stress and all that stuff. So, um you kind of already touched on it but I guess what what are your thoughts on people kind of being fascinated by something but not necessarily ready for the harsh realities that come behind it yeah. You know what I mean Oh my gosh Like that this culture is like breeding more of that
3: It is. And when I started Business Bestie and I started coaching entrepreneurs Mm -hmm. and I started saying, okay, I'm teaching entrepreneurship. I realized that because a lot of people, they just say, I want to leave my job because I don't like it there and I don't like them people, but I'm trying to do this. I want to sell this. And I'm like, but why? Yeah. Mm -hmm. You know, I think entrepreneurship is such a phrase that, I don't know, it's, it's hard because even some entrepreneurs, like right, Elon Musk is technically an entrepreneur, yeah. right? But he ain't like us, yeah. <laughs> you know. Yeah. Yeah. We be trying to say, yeah, my startup. I'm like his startup, y'all startup ain't the same thing. Yeah. Like we need <laughs> yeah. different words yeah. for this type of stuff. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I wouldn't even know how to define entrepreneur. Yeah. I would say someone who, someone who is willing to do what it takes to make an idea reality. Because I think it's a mindset. Because you don't have to have a business to be an entrepreneur. Mm-hmm. You don't have to have a startup to mm-hmm. be an entrepreneur. Mm-hmm. You could be working at a company and have an entrepreneurial mindset where mm-hmm. it's yeah. that you see problems and you know how to fix them mm-hmm. yeah. and that you're seeking a solution mm-hmm. based on this gap. you know. Mm-hmm. And that's really what all businesses are is you're mm-hmm. filling a gap, you're thinking about the customer need, and that can be in any space. So to me, that's kind of what an entrepreneur is. Got it. I don't think entrepreneurship – has to be about a business it's yeah. not just about revenue mm-hmm. um it's really about a way of life and kind of a way of thinking yeah the
1: mindset
2: yeah, yeah. i like that yeah mm-hmm. i'm definitely i'm definitely glad you touched on that because like some people will be they'll kind of rule that out if they got a nine to five yeah but i'm like man you got a nine to five but you are putting money into something else like yeah. you know you're taking that so
1: you're technically mm-hmm. entrepreneur. so yeah. I'm just glad you touched on that. Yeah,
0: honestly. yeah.
1: It's all about the mentality. Um, you did touch on business bestie, mm-hmm. coaching. Yeah, paying it forward. Um, at what point did you feel confident enough to teach? Because I do feel like, you know, sometimes it's hard for people to teach when they haven't done themselves. Mm-hmm. Um, like, was there a point where you said, "Okay, I think I've gained enough experience." time to pay it forward. Like, when did that click for you? That's
3: why I started coaching, because I started to see entrepreneurial coaches who had never done it before. Mm. And I was like, what are they teaching and how? Like, mm. you cannot, like, and I have a master's in entrepreneurship now. I did go back to school and get my master's in mm. entrepreneurship, mm. because I wanted to learn how to be like an Elon Musk entrepreneur, yeah, right? Because, yeah, yeah. again, that ain't the same <laughs> you thing. Say, yeah, you don't just different. hustle to that, right? Yeah, yeah. So I said, okay. You know, I wanted to learn it. Um, but wait, now I didn't lost the question. The
1: business business bestie. Yes. why yeah. I did
3: it because people was lying and they're like, yeah, I can teach you how to do this. And I'm like, how are you going to teach somebody how to do something you haven't done? Mm-hmm. And people will always be like, can I intern for you? Can I shadow mm-hmm. for you? Can I do these things? You know, can I learn from you? How much, how much can I coach you to do my business? Mm-hmm. And I'll be like, I don't know. So one of my friends from Microsoft, I think, yeah. One of my friends, James from Microsoft, he has started to flip property. So he had started to do like online coaching and he's like, I think you should do this for business. Like, I think you should just try it. So I'm like, okay, tell me what I need to do. He's like, this is, this is how you get clients This is what you need to do. I'm like, all right, bet. So he pretty much gave me a blueprint and he's mm-hmm. like, I just want to see if this works. Yeah, <laughs> like, let's yeah. just try. Yeah. And I had 15 students my first time wow. and I was so excited. And then my biggest cohort so far has been 93 students.
0: Wow which I
3: realize is like my capacity because I'm very hands-on and Mm. I want to know everyone. I want to talk to you. I want to, you know, very, be very deep. Um, but you just can't scale that far with Mm. that many people. So I kind of ended up saying, well, how do I grow this model? And then the pandemic hit and I was like, I don't, I don't even know where to go with this. Um, but it's been, it's been fun. It's been fun to see the different nuances of Mm -hmm. entrepreneurship Mm -hmm. And the BS entrepreneurs that are looking for a one-stop fits all. And then there's the ones that I'm like, wow, we've really been grinding together. I'm so proud to see how much they've grown. I love to see their success. Mm -hmm. And, you know, you know when people have that spark. To make it happen. Mm-hmm. And when people are just looking for a quick fix. Yep. And if you're looking for a quick fix. It's going to be a quick burn. Yeah, And you have to understand that like. It don't happen fast. Yep. It's been years in the making. Like whatever business I decide to do next. If it blows up like freaking crazy. Mm-hmm. That's not just. Oh she got lucky. Like yeah. I've yeah. been in this 10 years. It
1: takes 10 years to be an overnight success. Yeah you yeah. know.
3: Like I've worked out the kinks in so many different areas. Mm-hmm. That now I'm like okay. Here's how you put it together. Mm-hmm. So. It was, it, was, it was fun, um, but it was very stressful to do Business Bestie, coach people, which then became its own business yep. and still run my other companies yep. at the same time. Um, and then you have the challenge of how do I give away and teach so much but still keep my secret sauce in my businesses mm-hmm. yeah. without tainting my own ship, yeah. you yeah. know? Um, but I had to learn that, like, no matter what you're teaching you're always going to be evolving in your own business yep. you know so i just would give it all away i'm yeah. like look this is exactly it and understand that nobody's going to be you though yep so mm-hmm. even though somebody's going to say the same thing they yeah. will never say it how you said it they yep. can never do it how you did it mm-hmm. and i've literally had people try to like literally take my business model and I'm like, really? Are you serious? And I'm like, but you can't. So try, you know, whatever. Um, so it's, it's interesting. I do not like when people jump in to try to teach stuff that they don't know. Yeah. Because Uh, I'm like, you are just creating other people of ignorance.
4: Yeah. It's,
1: it's, it's tough, man. And, um, it's just important because, uh, one of my good friends, he, he runs a company, graduated money. Shout out P Smith. But he, I, I remember, um, he put in, like, I want to say, like, close to, like, four or five years of just learning how to properly run marketing and advertising uh, campaigns yeah. for e-commerce businesses. And, like, he was just, like, showing me the grind of, like, learning and then finally developing a course. Yeah. And then teaching it. But then being hands-on, like you talked about. And, yeah. And one thing I, I noticed is, like, it takes a special type of person to teach mm-hmm. um, because you have to meet people where they're at. You know right. what I mean? Yeah. And the one-size-fits-all model is just not – it just doesn't work. Yeah. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Yeah. Um, so, um, that's good.
2: I know you touched on this earlier. Uh, going back to UW, mm-hmm. like, how was it different the second time you went? Like, oh, to, yeah. You know.
3: The second time for my master, so I had – let me see. I think I was in business at that point for five years, and I had – I think that was when Shark Tank was happening. And I realized like soon with Shark Tank that there was stuff that they were asking for that I had no idea what it was. Mm -hmm. And I was like, Holy shit, there's some level of business that you don't even know. Like Mm -hmm. they were like, What's your valuation? I was like, the what? What is the what? And I'm on I'm like, I watched the show, but I'm like, Oh, I didn't know those were like real calculations. (laughs) Mm -hmm. (laughs) Like I'm like, oh, okay. So I'm applying for Shark Tank and I'm like getting all this, you know figuring it out and ended up like getting to the show and realizing, like, oh, my God, you don't know all this stuff. So I wanted to go to school, and I realized I didn't want to get my MBA. I'm like, I don't want to dedicate two years to this, and I don't want to learn the corporate stuff. I just want to learn the business stuff. Mm -hmm. Um, And so UW had just launched their – I was part of their inaugural – Class mm-hmm. of Masters of Entrepreneurship. That's dope. And I was my I was the only one in my class that came in running their company, growing their company, and left with their company larger than before. A mm-hmm. lot of people were coming in with ideas, mm-hmm. and some of those ideas launched, and some of them didn't. Yeah. But I was literally like, Nah, I gotta go make sure my staff is good. I'm mm-hmm. still payrolling, like I'm yeah. paying for college at the same time. Yeah. Um, I didn't have a full scholarship, so it was it was a different situation at the That time. And it was tough. That, oh my God, going to school being a stellar student and running my company, growing it, Shark Tank. The energy. It was crazy. It was crazy. And I'm glad that I liked what I was learning Mm -hmm. and that I could actually apply it. Like Mm -hmm. I could be like in class and be like, oh, I see how I would do that with my business. Okay, Mm -hmm. I get what they're saying. Mm -hmm. Um, And then just understanding that in order, again, to get to those unicorn level of understanding of business models, you're not just going to read it. You know, It's not just in a book. You Mm -hmm. need to to teach you those Mm -hmm, things mm -hmm. and I think that's where a lot of times in black business Mm -hmm. we don't necessarily know a lot of people that have done entrepreneurship at that level Mm -hmm. to teach us those types of things Mm -hmm. so if I hadn't been in grad school I don't know how I would have figured out like valuations I Mm -hmm. don't know who I would have gone to to have done that um you know accounting is one thing but then business value that's a whole different mm-hmm. yep. different ball game yep. and those are the numbers that they talk about yep. you know so when they're like oh this is so and so company you know so and so billion dollar company mm-hmm. they're not just bs and like that's an actual <laughs> value yeah, yeah. number yep. um and it was it was tough i think that was, that was a time period that I always look back and I'm like, was it worth it? Like the stress that you had to endure, was it worth it? Mm-hmm. But it definitely was yeah. um, because I'm still very close to the UW community now because mm-hmm. of that. Mm-hmm. And I always go back and speak to different entrepreneurs and just mm-hmm. try to be a different face, you know. Yeah. And I'm, I'm always like, oh, you know, I know I'm the diversity spin. Like yeah. I get it, <laughs> yeah. but I'm proud to be that yeah. because I'm proud to say, you know, I was part of the inaugural class here mm-hmm. of Masters of Entrepreneurship and you guys had a black woman in mm-hmm. there yeah. mm-hmm. and the black woman was the one that came out <laughs> with yeah. the business, yeah. you know? Yeah. And I'm like, that's so dope to be that person and to also tell other people and to show other people, like, you can do it. You don't have to look like Elon yeah. Musk. Mm-hmm. You don't have to come from all this money in order to be successful. Mm-hmm. You can learn what you need to learn and still grow. Yeah. So it was a very different, you know, different experience and being in business school, I wasn't part of the larger campus, yeah. so I wasn't, like, as involved as I was in undergrad. Yeah, was more you focused. You know, yeah, there wasn't no yeah. kick in it. And, I mean, me and my classmates would get together and do stuff, but yeah. it was definitely a you got to be a little bit more on your grind. Yeah. It was yeah. more of a balance. That's
1: that's yeah. so dope. Yeah, that's, that's so dope. dope. Shout uh, out to you for that, though. Yeah, Thank you. Yeah, Thank and you. the representation Thank is so important in, in anything. You know, even our show in itself, that's kind of what we're – We're based on his representation. Yeah. Um, Now, kind of switching gears a little bit. We talked about this before the show. um, You did have the opportunity to be invited on Dr. Phil. Yeah. um, And it it was to discuss your your personal experience dealing with racial bias in regards to um, real estate Mm -hmm. um, and home ownership and all that comes with that. Yeah. Um, I guess, how did that opportunity come about? And then if you could talk (laughs) about kind of. What you took away And like what was that experience Like yeah. discussing that
3: So I always say That God places you in places And you never really know Why you're there mm-hmm. What's going on um, And you just gotta Kind of trust the journey So I got on TikTok Because I was scared of TikTok and the whole pandemic, I was like, I'm not dancing. I had a tumor in my leg, actually, most of the pandemic. So I mm. couldn't do, like, TikTok dances and stuff. But in high school, I was a dancer. So I was like, man, I'm missing out on, like, the yeah, flame yeah. of the TikTok this is stuff. My time. Yeah, you know, I'm like, I could be out here hitting this. Like, these eight <laughs> yeah. counts, I could learn, like, nothing. Yeah. And so I'm like, okay, let me get over this fear. Let me just start getting on TikTok. And... I was renovating my house, but I was only sharing it on Instagram stories. I wasn't making it like a part of my brand. Mm -hmm. It's just something I was doing, taking care of my grandpa, the whole thing. But I had been growing like just through that. Like people were like, I'm here for this now. Mm -hmm. So I'm like, okay, let me take this over there. And I had two friends, Angelina and Dime, and they were like, girl. I mean, it was like every week. They'd be like, girl, you need to get on TikTok. Like, this is gold. Like, if yeah. you were on TikTok, like, oh, my God. So they're like, look, just start here. Just take the stories that you already do because they're so good and just go put them there. Like, don't do nothing else because I got it in my head. I said, no, I don't know how to edit. I don't yeah, know how to TikTok. Yeah, like, yeah. Are, what do you know, I'm scared. They're like, nah, make it simple. Just do this. So I do that. I said, okay, I'm going to dedicate to just posting a couple videos. Mm-hmm. Then I got into it. Then I start talking. Then my followers start growing. I was like, okay, we could talk. Let's mm-hmm. talk. Mm-hmm. So then we start really talking. Now, my neighbor went crazy and there was a whole situation. So I said, you know what? If I'm a talk, we're going to talk about the real stuff that's going on mm-hmm. and how there's intimidation literally happening over my fence. And we're going to talk about this mm-hmm. and how this is a crazy situation. And so I did. And that was, <laughs> that was, that was not my first viral video. My first viral videos were about my kitchen, my bathroom faucet. So I was making like videos about my renovation. So yeah. people were there for that. And then they were like, what? What? what do you mean? Like somebody asked to buy your house, like what? And I'm like, yeah. And it was a crazy low offer. And they're like, what? Yeah. So I made another, another video. And at this time I was walking and stuff. So I was like dancing the video on my balcony and it just like took off. White people were pissed. They're like, why, how dare you say that they wanted your house because you were black. They want your house because it's just your house. I said, however, there's bias built into every system. So even if you're saying that it was a computer it, which it wasn't. It was not a computer. Let's be very clear. It was not a computer. It was a handwritten note. I know exactly who it was from. Mm-hmm. But if you want to say it was a computer, because you know, you got to soften everything, yeah. whatever. Even if it was, there's racism built up in that. Mm-hmm. So you cannot tell me that it is a coincidence that all of a sudden this is happening and I'm being yeah. hounded from my home. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so I was dealing with those trolls. I mean, and they came, yeah. like they were sending emails. Yeah. How dare you be out here talking about this? How dare you? Like, I was like mm-hmm. <laughs> me, it was so crazy. Me and my boyfriend was like, we, we need to, uh, we need to stack up because, yeah. yeah. uh, if we wake up <laughs> and there's a crossburn on the front y'all like yeah. we, we need what, what? Yeah. yeah. I had somebody call me from NAACP LA. <laughs> i was like how'd you get my phone number and they're like we just want you to know if you need security support whatever what? we will ride up to seattle Damn. like we see what's going on wow. so i'm like oh shit it's time to who ride I'm Like, what's up?
1: <laughs> you I'm never like, know okay. who's watching too you never know Man, and i'm crazy. like
3: well, i'm like well excuse me how'd you get my phone he's like don't worry about it just know this is my number yep. this is the number to call we
1: on we on call look we we were, ready. we're ready i was <laughs>
3: like oh shit okay So I started making more videos about that. I'm like, ask me questions about real estate. Because then I'm like, no, this is not my first home. Like, I've been a homeowner since 21. Mm -hmm. Like, I understand what's supposed to happen and what's not supposed to happen. And this is weird. Mm -hmm. So I started doing just, like, question and answer videos. And they kept going viral and just hitting and hitting and hitting. I'm like, wow, this is, like, a whole audience for Mm -hmm. this. Mm -hmm. And, um, sorry, excuse me. Um, So I get a DM. And DMs are so interesting because you never know what's real. You never know what's fake.
1: Nowadays, for sure. Yeah,
0: yeah
3: you yeah. just never really know. So I get a DM and it's like, hey, we're from the Dr. Phil show. And I'm like, bullshit. They're about to ask me for my social security numbers. Sure. I'm about <laughs> yep. to get scammed. <laughs> I could turn I was, $20 to
1: 20000 yeah, yeah, I was yeah. like, this
3: ain't real. Like, whatever. So I, like, yeah. ignore it. And then they hit me up on Facebook and I'm like, oh, it's I'm like, okay, these scammers getting real in depth. <laughs>
0: <Yeah>. <laughs> it's
3: serious. So then, and back on Instagram, and she's like, "Hey," and she hits me up again. So I respond, and I'm like, "Can you email me? Like, I need to see an mm-hmm. official email that says something official, because yeah. I feel like with an email, you can normally kind of tell. Yeah, a for guy. sure. But no, she was right. So shit. Okay, this is actually Doctor Phil show. Like, wow. Yeah. So she's like, um, "Let's set up a call." So we had a call, and it was like, I think maybe like. Two months before, you know, actually going down in air because they really wanted to make sure that I was comfortable with the narrative, Mm -hmm. that, you know, everybody understood what was going on, Mm -hmm. the truths of the story Mm -hmm. and all the little pieces. Mm -hmm. So we just talked multiple times, multiple times, multiple times. Um, They wanted so much behind the scenes footage of the house and all the stuff. Yeah and then they're like okay well we're ready like can you come down to LA you know we're gonna do a two-part series and I'm like what they're like yeah so can you come down next week we'll fly you down here mm-hmm. so I went down to LA and we did the recording mm-hmm. and it was such a great experience like <laughs> it,
0: it was, was, it was just, a great episode
3: yeah it, it was episode. so cool I was so nervous because I was like what are they gonna say I'm, and I'm thinking like in my head I haven't watched Dr. Phil in a minute yeah so I was like holy shit it's gonna be like Mari <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. it's gonna be like Mari <laughs> yeah. and it was not at all it It was such a comfortable and warm environment. And it was real curiosity for the truth of Mm -hmm. what was happening. Mm -hmm. And even the way that he set up the segments of like bringing in other people that were adding facts and things. I was like, whoa, some of these, some of the information about redlining and gentrification were things that I didn't even know. Mm -hmm. You know, and it kind of just added weight to how serious this issue mm-hmm, was mm-hmm. and then I had families reaching out like all over the nation and yeah. they're like look this is happening here yep. we get this like yep. keep your land like you know all the stuff and I'm like wow this is a much larger narrative yeah. than I even understood I just was on TikTok talking about yep. like this shit is crazy yeah you know and um but understanding how many black families have lost their wealth hmm And that's when the topic got serious because it's like, okay, wait a minute. We're not just telling a story. We're Mm -hmm. actually talking about years of progression that gets regressed based on lack of support, understanding, and awareness Mm -hmm. that these things happen to us. Mm -hmm. Because a lot of times we think it's just us Mm -hmm. until you get platforms like TikTok Mm -hmm. and then you realize, holy this is not just us Mm -hmm. you know it's built into deeds that you can't sell to black families you know there are areas that were made for us that are now the million dollar houses and of course they're trying to get you out of those areas so it was it was Mm mind-blowing to see the effects of that and then to see it on tv and like all the stuff yeah it it was it was it was crazy it was
1: powerful though because i think like you said, sometimes you don't really know, like you said, God will have a plan for you before you even know what's ahead. Yeah. Um, you find yourself being a revolutionary in a sense, Mm -hmm. right? Like sometimes it's just being you and sharing your experiences can actually, um, lead kind of a a revolution, you know what I mean? In its own right. So I think that's important of like, don't be afraid to tell your story. Right, yeah. Um, step up. Yeah. Even when, when you're being called, step up. Yeah. You know what I mean? Because yep. if it's not you, they may not call nobody else. Yeah. yep. You know what yep.
3: I mean? And don't suffer in silence. That's yeah. a big thing. I think yeah. so many yeah. people suffer in silence and think like, oh, no one cares, mm-hmm. you know, or my voice doesn't matter, mm-hmm. you know, and that's not the case at all. Yeah. And I appreciate social media platforms because we can have discussions like yeah. this and, yeah. you know, podcasts like yours where yeah. you can talk about different topics because, you know, Excuse me, it's good to know that your story matters. Yeah. And if it changes one person, that's great, you know, yeah, but yeah. then to see something literally. And then they were like calling me TikTok woman. I'm like, I only been on TikTok three months. <laughs> yeah. Like, how did I become TikTok woman? Man, like, what? Gross you know? Yeah, yeah. You know. And, and then it just takes you down different lanes. And then you have to decide. Okay, wait. Do I want to just talk about home ownership, yeah. or you know, is yeah. this this a part of my brand? Yeah. And that's what I decide. I'm like, it's a part of my brand, but I am not a real estate agent. I don't want to yeah. just you know be yeah. talking about black wealth all the time. Yeah.
1: No. That I, I just love that episode because I think it was just it just kind of like. Um, what it showed me was like even if you are the perfect candidate for opportunities, um, you have everything you need. Mm-hmm. Um, even those type of people aren't necessarily given the chance that they they should get. Yeah, right. Yeah. So it can be very discouraging to people who are just trying. Yeah. Every day. Yeah. You know what I mean. Yeah. Um, for sure. So I feel like it is important to to get out there and and show that side. But yeah, because
3: I remember shoot when I sold my first house to renovate my inherited home i didn't i was like i mean what else do i need like i got mm-hmm. 800 credit score i yeah. got money in the bank mm-hmm. i got business records like mm-hmm. what's
0: up mm-hmm.
3: man i tried every avenue Mm -hmm. and i was like this is not gonna happen Mm -hmm. you are not gonna be able to do this like Mm -hmm. how are you about to make this happen Mm -hmm. and so to see the renovation done i literally wake up every day like i mean it took every penny like like towards the end of that i'm like top ramen (laughs) like literally (laughs) for real like what's up but i didn't care you know and um My boyfriend had said to me the other day, he said, but if there was a cross that you had to die on, like this is a damn good cross that you had to die (laughs) on, you know, because i still be regretful about it. I'm still like, man, I could have had money. I (laughs) could have been chilling. Man, and I'm like, he's like, no, you did this for a reason. It was, you know, for a purpose. Like it's it's good. Like you did well. Um, But it was hard. It was hard. It was very discouraging. And I felt... I just felt defeated. I yeah. felt like the system had won mm-hmm. and that there was no way that I was going to accomplish this dream of mm-hmm. finishing this renovation. And I'm like, I didn't already sold my house. Mm-hmm. I got a house that needs hella work done. Mm-hmm. I don't have enough money to do it. Yep. So am I going to live in like a half ass? Yep. <laughs> like, what's yep. going to happen? And
1: these are things you shouldn't even have to go through. No. But all because of inher- um implemented biases. That yeah. Are just Yeah. From- you know what I mean? They're like archaic. They're just
0: Yeah.
3: You know what I mean? It's like built in.
1: Built in, man. Yeah. It's crazy. Somebody
3: gotta make a system and those people's values yeah. are in the code.
1: Yeah, no. Nah, but again, you know, you, you're using your platform and I think any any sort of contribution towards that yeah, is, is gonna you. help. You know what I mean? Yeah,
0: yeah, thank, for you. Sure. yeah thank you. Thank you. Because
2: I mean, being the homies, we talk about it too. Like it, it's happening all around us, but it's kinda like you kinda feel helpless at a point. Yeah, you know what I mean? you're, Yeah well, how do we stop this? How do we, you know, mm-hmm. kind of keep our own, like, houses or our parents' houses, yeah. grandparents, you know? So um mm-hmm. I think it was definitely very important to see. You
3: yeah, know? yeah. I was on Facebook today, and there's a picture going around. And I'm sure we grew up together, but I don't know his name, but he's standing in the back of a sign that says, like, hood closed to gentrifiers. And everyone's like, this is such a great picture. And I'm like, where the fuck is this sign at, number one? Yeah. Um, because whenever you talk about gentrification, there's some people that are going to get offended. Right. Mm -hmm. You know, when the Dr. Phil episode came out, like my white neighbors were kind of like, okay, do we like, Hey Keisha. It was kind of like, uh, (laughs) like, you know, are you, are you like, are you happy that we're here? Like, you know, and I had conversations with a lot of my neighbors, like, it's not you. It's just, it's hard. Right. Mm -hmm. Because if a home is for sale, And you see an opportunity and you take it Mm -hmm. like many families have that may not have been black. Mm -hmm. Are we then to be angry at them for taking the great opportunity? Because a lot of times our homes we sold, Mm -hmm. you know, they weren't always taken from us. Like, Mm -hmm. let's be very clear. Now, Mm -hmm. yes, taxes get behind and some people's houses were taken that way. And I think that that should have been affected and stopped. Mm -hmm. However, a lot of times families sell and now you know because a lot of times all people will reach out to me and be like okay we inherited this house like what do you think i'm like don't sell mm-hmm. but a lot of times that's the easiest route and we're talking you could sell a house in a cd and make a million dollars yep. but where are you going to be able to put that mm-hmm. where it's going to keep growing at the same rate that this one would mm-hmm. so when i see signs like hood close to gentrifiers I'm like, but are we preparing our youth and our next generations to be able to buy those houses? Mm-hmm. Are we in financial positions to buy our houses? Mm. If, it's touchy because yeah. we can't be mad at them for yeah. seeing the opportunity yeah. that we didn't see. Yeah. They're just taking advantage <laughs> yeah. of a system that's yeah. created for them to take advantage yeah. of. Uh, and it, yeah. it's so frustrating. And it's like, what do you do? You know, so I try to educate on like, here's what you can do. Here's mm. how you can stay in your homes and all those things. I talk about property taxes, yeah. but it's tough.
1: Yeah, it's tough. It's tough to tell someone to feel guilty for a privilege that they don't really necessarily see as yeah. a privilege. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's just a way of life.
3: Cause they're like, we bought this house just like we would yeah. buy yeah. any yeah. other house. Exactly. So yeah. I, and I, and
1: I think, I think they feel their intentions are being attacked when we're not saying they have bad intentions, mm-hmm. but just in the privilege alone yeah, is kind of where it can be tough. You know what yeah. I mean? But yeah.
3: yeah.
1: It's tough all around, but
3: yeah, it, it is. It's, it's a hard subject,
1: but you yeah. know, we, we, we have to keep fighting. Um, we do, and oh, yeah. I feel like that's that's yeah. why I, even watching your episode, I was like, damn, we're fighting for so much other shit already mm-hmm. as it is that you gotta, you know what I mean, man. Um, but you know, again, we're built for it, and we only have but so much time to to leave our mark. You yeah. know what I mean to make mm-hmm. our contributions, and I feel like we're we're gonna persevere because that's just who we are. It is, yeah. yeah, it is. That's how that's how we roll. It um, is. got to now. Um, you mean, you've been dropping some gems, man. Like, for no real, real. You've you. have been dropping a lot of gems. <laughs> <Thank> um, <you. laughs> I am curious, um, with all the work and all the all the things that you got going on, um, what kind of keeps you balanced? Like, what are some things you do to keep you balanced? Because, you know, like you said, you yeah. can't be grinding all the time.
3: I'm, you know, I am super zen. Like, when people enter my home, they're like, wow, it is peaceful as hell in here. Yeah, yeah. I, like, down to every inch, like, I wanted a lot of stone in my house. I wanted... You know, because everyone's into stones and I'm like, nah, I need the whole fireplace Mm -hmm. breathing. Like Mm -hmm. I need stone, you know, energy, all that type of Mm -hmm. stuff. Um, I spend a lot of time and just sit in solitude. I realize I'm not someone who is used to sitting. So mm. I had to learn how to sit. I had to learn how to journal. Mm. I had to learn how to pray. Mm. I had to learn how to receive the word after prayer. Because mm. a lot of times we pray and then we move. Yeah. But you got to receive and sit and, you know, be still. And... I, I sit on the balcony and I allow nature to feed me a lot more. Mm. I'm so much more observant of my world around me. Mm. You know, I'm very grateful that I have a view at my home so I'm able to literally watch the seasons change
4: mm.
3: and like I know we gotta tune out the sound. Yeah, so, man. Yeah. man. <laughs> um, City man. Yeah. So you know, I get to watch the seasons change, and like, I can tell what time of day it is by looking outside. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm like, oh, I know the time of day, and I can look at the sun, and I can hear the birds, and yeah. you know, so yeah. it's like I'm very observant, and yeah. like, my friends are always like, you always sound so high, like, <laughs> all the time, like, because I'm like, wow, did you see the pinks today? No, you know, I'm, <laughs> like, I'm,
1: the same, I'm, I'm the same way. Like, it's important. It,
3: it, it's a practice
1: it's really like a practice you got to practice being present
3: and you do that's part of the practice right there. you do and so i'm like you know i could tell you what type of birds are in my community i'm like i know where they live yeah. <laughs> i know what time they wake up like that's i just dope. i try to go outside i'm not a walker you know mm-hmm. how people be like i like to hike no i, I just want to sit outside yeah, yeah. i don't want to hike i don't want to walk i don't yeah. want to do none of that i just want to sit and observe mm-hmm. um And, like, I like to see things completed. So I'm always into a project. Mm. I'm always trying to be like, oh, okay, how do I fix this? How do I solve this? You know. Um, But just finding peace and just anything. Yeah. You know. Yeah. And I like TV. I watch TV a lot. Yeah. Oh, watch, w- watch
1: yourself on TV, too, right?
3: <laughs> <laughs> Funny thing, I don't like watching myself on TV. That's weird. Um, yeah, it always it always wears me out. I'm always like, why did I do that? Yeah. Like, why did I say that? Um, yeah, yeah, but no, I I will wake up. Like, if my phone says, like, the new episode of something, something, yeah. it's 4 o'clock in the morning, I'm like, everybody sleep, bet. I'm about to just zone yeah. in and just yeah. go in. So No,
0: that's good.
3: Yeah, I like, I like storytelling. So I like when movies and shows have good stories and mm. just learning about other people's Lives and reality TV, even though most of it's fake, I think Mm. you learn about other people's worlds. Yeah, yeah. And it's like, you really exist in like this. That is crazy, you know? Yeah,
1: no, that's a lot. Yeah. Yeah. No, I I always just ask that question for guests because it's important for the listeners and the viewers to know like, it ain't all just about the purpose and the grind. Yeah. Sometimes it's more to you know there's more than that mm-hmm. um, yeah. you got to keep a balance yeah you Definitely. do
3: you do sure,
1: you know um now before we get you out of here you, you know i know you're busy um i always do ask guests this question um what do you what's your outlook for the future like do you have things it could be long term maybe media but like what are some things you're excited about for the future <sighs>
3: one having this baby I got three Mm -hmm. months left Mm -hmm. (laughs) that Mm -hmm. that is number one um and that is the future I think entering motherhood is a whole different plateau Mm -hmm. um I have waited so long to be ready for motherhood. Um, I'm very afraid of it. you know, I'm not gonna say that I feel prepared. Mm. I'm not gonna say that I'm like, yes, I always knew yeah. no, my grandpa was like, are you ever going to settle down yeah. like and whoever you settle down with, I'm pray for them because man., <laughs> um, so I don't know. i'm I'm excited to just see. I don't have a big plan and Mm. I'm, I'm grateful that I don't because Mm. I've lived so much of my life with that. Mm. And sometimes your own plan can be the reason why you get stagnant because you can get scared of your own dreams, Mm. you know, and it's difficult to sometimes make those big visions happen. And a lot of big things have happened in my life that I didn't plan. Mm. So I'm like, okay, God, I'm in a season of surrender. Whatever it is that you want me to do, that's where I'm going to go. That's where I'm going to be planted. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And we're just going to see how that rocks. Mm-hmm. And eventually, you know, I pray for God to plant the next dream, plant mm-hmm. the next seed. And then I got pregnant. And I was like, okay, <laughs> well, <laughs> that's not what I was saying. But okay. tell you got um, the message. <laughs> look, right, you know, um... And already on this journey, you know, I'm five months now, five and a half months, and I can feel the change. Mm. I feel the shift in like who I need to be and who I need to become Mm. and understanding that you can't stay the same because now you're going somewhere else Mm -hmm. and it's a new territory to conquer, Mm -hmm. you know, and what do I want that to look like and how do I want that to feel Mm. and taking my moments of privacy in that and peace. um, I think being someone who shares a lot, Mm -hmm. it was a very fine balance of like, okay, well, what of this do I want to share and Mm -hmm. I don't want to share Mm -hmm. um and and not knowing. I have no idea what life will be like as a mother. Yeah. So I almost feel it's irresponsible to be like, this is what I'm going to be doing yeah. Yeah. when it's like, girl, you don't know that, yeah. you know. Yeah. So I'm just in a season of surrender and allowing God to make the plan. And I'm excited for whatever the next dream is mm-hmm. because, I mean, when I dream and I set a goal, like, it normally happens yeah. and it happens pretty well. Yeah. But just right now, that's the only thing is just making sure I have – a good foundation for my family Mm -hmm. and all of that type of stuff. And I'm excited about that. And it seems, it seems like a very simple goal. Yeah. (laughs) You know, like that's just it. That's it. I love that.
1: I love that. Congrats. I'm yeah, Thank congratulations, definitely. You. We're excited for you. Thank definitely. you. <laughs> Thank you. Um, now, before, before – oh, you got you got something to
2: say? Oh, yeah, yeah. Before you say what yeah, you're
3: yeah, going to yeah. say. So <laughs> I was going to say. It's like you know what I was about to say. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Read my mind. Um, I was going to say,
2: where can people find you if they yeah. want to reach out or, like, social media?
3: Yeah. So I'm on Instagram, I'm on Facebook, I'm on TikTok at Keisha Credit or Create with Keisha. They both go to the same same pages. Um, and yeah, I'm always on Instagram stories. So, you know, I, I try to do as many reels as I can, but on stories that's when I'm given the just, you know, yeah. raw, unfiltered yeah. stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, my stories are like their own TV show in their own right. I'm always like, "Whoop! Well, if you missed it, you missed it. <laughs> Yesterday we built a house. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's like, you it's like, just it's like back it. in the
1: day how TV used to be. Right, exactly, <laughs> you know I mean?
3: exactly. So, yeah, they can find me at Keisha Credit or Create with Keisha and Create with a K.
1: Cool, cool. Yeah. Um, now, before we get you out of here, we ask every guest this question. So if you can, what's one word to describe what keeps you on the up and up and why?
0: Mm.
3: I don't know why weed came to mind, <laughs> but that's not it. Um, <laughs> let's see. Oh, what keeps me on the up and up? Oh my God, I'm thinking of a word that's like peace, prayer, serenity, something in there. Um, I don't know. I don't know how to put it into one word. Um, solitude, mm. I think, mm. yeah. because it's those four AMs when I'm journaling and I'm literally like downloading the energy of what the universe has given me mm. and that grounds me and keeps me going. Mm. So those those moments of solitude, um not being in solitude by myself meaning, but just having that time mm. where I'm in solitude. I definitely mm. think that is game changing. Mm.
1: I love it. Yeah, yeah. I like that. Wow. I like that. Yeah, I think that's the first time we that's got solid. That's definitely uh, the first. The yeah, I yeah. yeah. came up with a good word. I like how we were, we can just recollect because yeah. we <laughs> we know all the words. That's, that's dope yeah. too. Yeah, yeah. Definitely. You guys
3: should make like a big like shape with all the words. We and ha- stuff we've that done say.
1: content, but we're gonna update it. Bro. Yeah, yeah. we yeah. yeah. definitely got it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, that's that's great though. That's a great word choice for yeah. sure. Uh, well, Keisha, again, um, we just want to thank you for being here. For sure. Thank you for having me. This is so fun. Yeah, dropping them gems. I'm pretty sure. I'm almost certain. Anybody who's listening or viewing definitely can walk away with, with some gems from this with one my
3: thought stories
1: yeah from undergrad <laughs> 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 yeah man um, but yeah you know like I said we, we wish you much success moving forward thank you um, so you got much. support with us here at the Up and Up always yeah, always and thank you with that being such s-
3: love I'm, it was a great time yeah no yeah. We,
1: man it's long overdue but it's right on time yeah, yeah. You know there I mean? we go yeah. um, but with that being said I think it's safe to say Keisha Credit is officially a member of the Up and Up yeah. right.
3: yes I'm yeah. grateful I
1: loved it. Thank you. you. Yo, what up? It's Rubino. And it's DJ Irm. We hope you enjoyed that episode and that now you have a better understanding of what it means to live life on The Up and Up. To continue supporting the podcast and the entire Up and Up movement, be
2: sure to rate, review, like, and subscribe.
1: As well as follow us at underscore The Up and Up on all social media platforms to stay connected with everything The Up and Up has coming your way.
2: Thanks for listening. And until
1: the next one, keep it on The Up and Up.